0: Welcome to the Pirate Radio
1: Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories.
0: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studio, here's Shirley Rhodes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring Ryan Robinson from ECU Athletics and ECU Head Football Coach Mike Houston. On today's podcast, we'll give you an update on the latest initiatives involving ECU facility upgrades and of course, an update on ECU football. Sit back and relax. Today's Pirate Radio Podcast starts right now.
2: Ryan Robinson from East Carolina. We'll talk indoor practice facility and Everything uh, they have going on, a huge rollout that was kind of leaked out last night via ecupiratescom and we'll get more into it today on the show with Double R coming up in mere moments. Morgan Ayers joins us at around 3.30 to talk about what's going on with ECU Athletics and the world of sports. Tony Dunn, countycatchronicles.com, is here at 4 o'clock. NFL schedule was released last night, and the schedule release videos the teams are putting out are getting more and more creative. And some were pretty awesome last night. We'll uh, we'll go over some of those and talk about the schedule that was uh, released on Thursday evening. Brian North joins us at 5 o'clock, and we'll uh, talk about what's going on in the golf world. Harold Varner III will be back in action coming up Thursday in the PGA Championship. So looking forward to that next weekend. We'll talk to Greeny about the golf world in the 5 o'clock hour. we got Shirley Rhodes here, Chandler Honeycutt, and C.J. Schaefer on a Friday, and... Vince is here. The boss is here on a Friday. That means something big's going on, and this time Troy D. That includes East Carolina
1: athletics. It does. Uh, Major announcement uh, last night from ECU as they announced it officially. It had been talked about it for a while. In fact, we had Coach Houston on Monday and he referenced uh, the uh, there was going to be a big announcement coming up this week, and it is finally official. And let's go out on the Pi Radio Live line to the campus of ECU. Talk to Ryan Robinson with ECU Athletics. Ryan. first of all, great to have you on with us again. Appreciate your time.
3: Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, Yeah, we're excited. I mean, it wasn't – we weren't trying to keep anything a secret. It was, you know, as you all know, when you're putting something like this together, it, it takes time. And, you know, you've got to get everything lined up, whether it's websites and communication. So – Uh, You know, last night we had a really small get-together with some of our coaches, the chancellors, chancellors, some of our Pirate Club members, and um, really kind of launched it. And, you know, obviously, very aggressive campaign. You know, as Matt Maloney told me the other day, he said, you know, this is the most aggressive campaign in Pirate Club history. And this is going to take time. We understand that. So we're excited to kind of get it off the ground.
1: All right, Robin uh, Ryan, for folks tuned in right now not knowing, what that campaign is, maybe hearing about it for the first time, it is pretty ambitious. A $60 million project encompasses a lot of facilities. Uh, quickly, give us the rundown of, of what it is that you guys announced.
3: So, like you said, Troy, it's a $60 million campaign that really for us is going to provide some much-needed funds. And, you know, we use the word essential train spaces that will really transform the uh, some stuff for our student athletes. It's really going to make an impact on all those programs, all of our student athletes, and a lot of them are kind of multi-purpose. Um, you know, we got a new swimming locker room that's going to be built. Minge's an auditorium. I believe that's actually already started. Um, you know, the one everybody talks about is the multi-purpose uh, indoor football facility. Uh, you know, we call it the multi-purpose indoor practice facility. But I thought it was key last night, Coach Houston saying hey, this is bigger than football. Um, You know, what we're trying to do is transformational. And I think if you ask any student athlete on campus, they're all going to be able to use that facility. When it rains and weather, they're going to be able to go in this indoor facility. Obviously, football is practicing. You all have been out there, lightning strikes. I mean, there are times that we have to go in Menjis, and if volleyball is practicing, coach has to wait until volleyball is done to do is practice in Minji. So now we're going to be able to just slide right over and go into an indoor facility. Um, you know, Minji's Coliseum has has always needed some some renovation, some tinkering, and really for us, it's mainly about this lower bowl area, trying to get some chair backs that are built on the bleachers, you know, colleges across the country are doing. You can still roll the, the bleachers in. But, you know, Menchie's is used for a lot of different things, whether it's, you know, I know we just went through a bunch of graduations, Pitt County, uh, ECU. We host a number of events in there. That will give us some premium seating in that lower area. Obviously, we have courtside seating, but we've got to get new seats for courtside. Quite frankly, it's not good enough what we have. We need new bench seats for our participants. You know, when I mentioned this at an event a couple weeks ago, a bunch of the basketball players – kind of smile and said thank you so just some of that stuff we're we're looking to do some more premium stuff in minjis if you look at kind of some of the upper levels of minjis we'd like to tear out some space and make some lodge boxes where you could kind of have a prime seat at midcourt but not be um so crowded together i'm learning that uh where this is going and in, in hospitality is people don't like to be on top of each other they like to have space and so we're looking at that, um, really excited about uh, the baseball building, kind of expanding that footprint. And again, not only does that help the baseball program and Coach Goblin but it adds some premium space. So we're going to have a building that will go down the third base line, and there will be a deck where we'll have, um, you know, Pirate Club members at certain levels will have access to. It's got some little indoor suites. Uh, we'll have bar stools right there where you can watch watch the action. That is something we sorely need at baseball. We have no premium seating options. We have one suite for the Pirate Club that we try to give out each year to uh, supporters. And then, um, you know, the we have a, our unbelievable, the team's building we have. This is kind of right beside soccer, softball, track. It's just we've outgrown it. Um you know, we've got to add some areas where we maybe we have some new lounges, some new locker rooms for some of our sports, like a soccer, lacrosse, softball. So we're excited about that. And then I think what's really important in all this, too, is an emphasis on restricted funds. And when I say restricted funds, guys, that's more, you know, you could give $5,000 to the women's golf program. Maybe that allows her – our coach to buy new irons, new equipment for our student athletes. And then our athletic excellence funds, which really gives the AD the, um, the opportunity to increase some budgets that we have for our programs. You know, if you remember when we went through COVID, uh, we lowered budgets. And a lot of those budgets are still at a very low end. And so we want to give our coaches, our student athletes, every chance to succeed and uh, we think this is the right step in that in that direction.
1: Ryan Robinson once again joining us live as we open up PRL East Carolina, announcing the Pirates Unite campaign for East Athletics, a sixty million dollar project that Ryan just ran down. And, and listen, man, everything sounds good. It's a great wish list, and all of it definitely <laughs> sounds needed. Ha- here here's the question 60 million dollars is a lot of money for east carolina athletics what's the time frame to be able to fundraise this thing when do, would you like to have this wrapped up by ryan
3: well you know we look at this sometimes as like a four or five year window but i don't i don't want to put a timeline on it because i think we've got to get out as pirate club be aggressive now we've had unbelievable conversations when you do something like this, Troy, especially let's just use, for example, an indoor facility, you're going to need a elite gift. You know, you're going to need the gifts in the 3 to $5 million range to get it going. And we've had some really good conversations with, with individuals and businesses about those. Um, but the way we're doing the campaign is, um, you know, let's say baseball. Baseball right now is probably a 5 to $7 million project. If we raise $7 million for baseball, then we'll start building. But we've reached our full debt capacity, the Pirate Club. Obviously, the tower is a beautiful structure we're paying for. So there will be no shovel in the ground until funding is complete.
1: All right, so a little bit different process. than than yeah. past years where it was yeah. financed. This will not be, this will be started when it's paid for basically. And uh, we- and you said it could be piecemeal. So let's say the indoor facility is going to be a let's just say $20 million project.
3: I think it's probably six we're saying right now, 16 to 20. I think the biggest thing as you all know is just the cost of steel continues to rise. Sure.
1: Once you have that raised you can go ahead and start that even if everything else isn't paid for yet so it's not an all or nothing deal it's a piecemeal deal
3: yeah we've already got some money raised for swimming so that locker room will uh, begin constructed as you all probably seen we're really excited about the weight room that we have That's going in right behind Clark DeClaire Stadium the steel is up on that that is fully funded uh, so that's the reason we were able to start and that should be done Probably, by the end of December, and what's really cool about that talking to student athletes is that you know we're one of the few schools that only has one weight room, and the weight room we have now is beautiful. You all been in it, we've redone it. It's just you have four hundred and fifty student athletes, a lot of these teams they want to work out at seven a m or nine a m Well, you can't do that, so this is going to give a whole lot of flexibility with this new weight room, plus for you know a team like baseball now they're just walking across the street if they want to, if they want to work out in that weight room. So we're really excited about that. But, yeah, Troy, it is. there's not a finance plan. It is we're going to raise the money, and we're going to be aggressive. But like I said, it's going to take some, uh, some major gifts to really get it off the ground.
1: And, and Ron, I've talked with some uh, friends and some major donors, and I, I don't know if anything's official yet, but have you – secured a lead gift or a naming rights opportunity for that indoor football facility and if not is that still available for somebody that might be out there listening right now and if so what type of gift are you looking for if someone wants their name on it
3: well you are correct we have uh we we are definitely not close to any final agreement we have talked to several individuals about the gift um you know when you do a facility let's say 16 20 million you're always going to hope that you're going to be able to get between the 4 and $6 million to, for kind of the naming rights. But we're still going through that. I will tell you that you do hope that we can get something wrapped up by the end of the summer or maybe in the summer with that. And there's, there's different levels there, too. You, know, you have the naming of the facility, but you also have the naming of the field. Both of those names will be on the, uh, be on the indoor facility you know, and inside you have, you know, the scoreboard. We're actually talking about doing outside the indoor a little bit of a plaza area that we're still exploring. Because a lot of people, when you're going to make a gift of that magnitude, um, you do want to have naming rights available. So, uh, John, you know, John and I and the Pirate Club, we continue to meet daily about naming right opportunities. Um, We still have some opportunities available from the past campaign for the tower, um, you know, one of them being uh, the boneyard. Now, that money that's raised for that goes towards the payment of the tower. Uh, so, we're trying to be as creative as possible. Whatever we come up with, we will take to the board of trustees to get approval. Uh, hopefully, we can do that in July once everything's finalized.
1: Ryan, I've been here since the '90s, and there's been a need for an indoor football facility, or as you call it now, multi-purpose facility, since then, and it's been talked about since then. Now this is the first time it's actually potentially becoming a reality. What is the reality of this as far as what is your goal as far as at least that facility being able to break ground and get it uh, operational? Is that something that could happen as quickly as, as let's say, the 2023 season? Could it be uh, in place by then, or is, or is it more of a 2024 situation?
3: You know, it's, it's an interesting question. I, I think I was trying to see where you went with it. I think I could see us breaking ground in 2023, now, I don't know what time of year that would be. Now, that is aggressive. John Gilbert's probably listening and saying, dear God, Ryan. But I think we can do it. I really do. I think there's a lot of support behind it. Uh, but it's going to take everybody. I mean, it's going to take all of Pirate nation kind of coming together and um, helping us with these projects, with that specific project. I know Coach Houston would like um, Cliff and I to go out there tomorrow and start digging dirt. But that that's not going to happen. Um, we do hope that 2023 we're we've got some shovels in the ground and, and we're getting things done. And if we can secure naming rights, you know, obviously we will we will be announcing that at the proper time. I just we're not at that point right now at all. Um, we've been very fortunate. Now I'm looking out my window at Town Bank Tower, you know, to get that naming rights. Um, so we're going to continue to be aggressive. We have been meeting with people. Uh, I've been on the road a lot. So is John. I've been dragging Coach Houston all over this state um, outside the state as well talking about this campaign and specifically the multi-purpose
1: and Ryan, we had a great interview uh, conversation with coach mike houston on monday a uh, big part of that he talked about just how the, you know the new nil deal name image likeness and how that's affecting not just east carolina but just the world of college athletics how do you weigh the the fundraising now with the need for these facilities for ECU athletics which the new need of NIL money and how that's affected and changed the world of college athletics is it difficult now to really try to be uh, almost in many ways fundraising for both
3: well and I, and I would add something to that Troy i think you know we have this beautiful tower that you know we're fortunate this year we're we're probably I would say close in the next week or so to announce that it's completely sold out. So all the trade club seats, the the suites and the lodges. And the reason I bring it bring it up, those aren't cheap. So um, we ask a lot of our supporters, you know, we're filling the tower. We need to fill dowdy Fitton, uh Stadium. And then, you know, you've got a campaign on top of that. You have the NIL. Now the NIL is kind of, we don't have a lot of control of it in the athletic department. I know that. We've been—I've been really surprised and uh, thankful for a lot of the businesses that have reached agreement with our student athletes. I know we even have some more that I think are are coming on, and uh, as you'll see, announcements soon. But like, I think that's the hard thing, right? I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and tell you it's easy. It's not because, as a Pirate Club executive director, we're trying to raise money for our student athletes, whether it's facilities funds. Uh, but you've got to balance it all, and you have to realize it's not going away. And I'm not against it. I think it's great for our kids. Um, we've just got to figure out a way that we can um, make everybody uh, happy and understand what we're trying to do, we understand what they're trying to do, and try to find that happy medium. But I have been – I mean, you are a part of it. I have been really pleased with the support that our student-athletes have have received in terms of the NIL you know I was talking to coach Schwartz the other day and you know I know listen it, it's no secret it comes up in every conversation with every coach and I think his message has been hey this is I've been here for 60 days this is an unbelievable place you come here you're going to have opportunities and I believe that as well.
1: Ryan, if someone's out there listening right now and they're hearing about this new indoor football facility that you guys have just announced and it's, you know, at least becoming a reality as, as someone that could actually donate to it now. If they want to donate to that or this fund in general, how do they do it? How do they go about it for someone that may not be familiar with the Pirate Club but says, "You know what? That's something I'd like to get behind."
3: Well, I think the best thing they can do is go to ecupirateclub.com first and look at all the information. It is it is all laid out where they'll be able to see all the information, how they can donate. They can also pick up the phone and call at any time. Um, You know, they can call the Pirate Club. They can call my office. So at uh, 252-737-4882, I'd be happy to talk to them. Uh, So there's many ways. And this is just the first step, Troy. We'll have some different stages as we go on. You know, a lot of people talk about bricks and different things that we can do. We'll have some of that as we go on. I think the important thing was to launch. Um, let people understand what we're trying to do and then continue those conversations. But I know personally, our Pirate Club staff, we will come and meet with anybody. Just call, email, we'll set up a meeting, kind of show you the different options and and go from there.
1: Well, it's definitely uh, an impressive uh, presentation you guys have put together and some much-needed things for U Athletics for the future that will uh, hopefully pay dividends for decades down the road. But, uh, Ron, anything else you want Pirate Nation to know about? I know we'll catch up with you again down the road, but uh, while you have an open forum here to let people uh, hear whatever's on your mind.
3: Yeah, I think there's just a couple of things. You know, I talked about the Town Bank Tower being sold out. I think one of the things that's been really impressive to me, too, is we are now our fewest available tickets in the williams Clark Club that we've had since the tower was completed. So those are selling really well. We're right nearing about 13,000 season tickets. You know, we're in the middle of May. Last year as a whole, we sold 13,500. We we would really like to get that number to 15,000. I know you and I have had many conversations about how hard it is to sell single-game tickets. So I think, you know, one of the things we're trying to establish now is, you know, maybe a charity program where, hey, I can't come to the game, but I want to buy season tickets and I want to make sure they're in somebody's hands, uh, we've got to do everything we can because we've got that team coming here on September 4th, and we've got to have this place packed. And the last thing I'd like to say, I want to congratulate, I uh, just spent a long time in his office, Tom McClellan, whose last day today after 17 years here going over to Pitt County Schools. Um, really appreciate everything that that Tom has done for ECU, for athletics, but also in the community. Uh, he does a lot of stuff that, you know, he's helping out at baseball, really not his job. So he goes year round. So uh, I'm I'm really happy for the next step in his career.
2: Ryan, uh, a quick question here about the new world of the American and how these conferences are going to look as Houston and uh, UCF, uh, you know, skip town and, and head to the Big Twelve. Uh, there's talk that they may be leaving a year early after one more. Uh, school calendar year. If that's the case, there would be a buyout, and East Carolina would be accepting some of that money. So like, if if that were to happen, where do those funds go? Is that something you guys uh, have talked about if you do get something from those teams, those schools leaving the conference?
3: Well, and I think you're right, Clip. You know, we've kind of <coughs> – Heard kind of the same things um I'm kind of going into this year as the possibility this is the final year um th- those money you know that money would be spread out over all the schools um and then there's certain areas that I mean a lot of it we needed for operating, but I do think with this conference you know we East Carolina has a chance to really position itself in a really good place with this new alignment. And I think, you know, obviously the additional funds, but again, those that's spread out over um, the remaining schools, and we'll see what that number is. You know, obviously that's negotiations and seeing where it's at. But if you ask me right now, I would say there, there is a, probably a good chance this is the final year uh, for those schools here.
2: And Ryan, uh, you're making these upgrades that we're talking about now, and, and hopefully, uh, can get those done in the next few years. With with the new schools being added to the American, what's left in the American? What uh, where does East Carolina stack up when it comes to facilities? In your opinion, I know you've been to some of these other places.
3: I think we're going to be near the top. You know, you get an indoor facility in here. <laughs> um, there's not going to be much. We do some stuff with the teams building. The teams building is very important because it houses a lot of our, our teams. And then you look at baseball, Minji's. I don't know, Clip, I think, um, is it Texas Arlington? I know, um, are they coming Is it Texas Arlington? Sorry, I keep forgetting them. Uh,
2: Texas, uh, San Antonio. San
3: Antonio. Yeah. yeah. There are some of these schools, you know, I just saw the other day, Rice is doing like a $120 million campaign. You know, I saw Memphis yesterday as well, 150 million dollar campaign. So, you're seeing a lot of the schools that are coming in. They are preparing to compete at this level. But I think you get an indoor facility in here. I don't know if there's going to be really anything hard to beat that we don't have. Um, but we've got to continue. I mean, it's an arms race. We understand where we're at, East Carolina. We've got to remain competitive and give our uh, our coaches and staff and student athletes a chance to compete for excellence. But on the other side. We've got to we've got to compete for excellence. Uh, We have a lot of unbelievable things here, and you know, Coach Houston and I talk about this all the time. Do we not have an indoor right now? But um, we have enough to compete, and we should be competing. And it gets me excited when I hear you know, Coach Schwartz, uh, Coach Houston. uh, We got a new soccer coach that gets me. I don't know if you've had him on yet, but. He's from Skyland. He gets me fired up every time he talks. Because Shane Winkler, our softball coach, came here and said, man, I've got everything I need right here. i got everything we need to compete. So that's what we re- we've got to do our part, too. You know, we talk about Pirate Nation. We've got to do our part as a department to make sure we're competing in all our sports.
2: Ryan kind of touched on it there, Troy. The, the arms race is so fluid, we could ask Ryan the same question in two weeks, and USF might have talked about building a new structure. So yeah. that answer could change a lot,
1: but it's nice to hear uh, we're at or near the top. And, and Ryan, I, I want to give a shout-out to you guys at the Pirate Club. Once again, the, the website for folks that want more information, ecupirateclub.com. You guys have done a great job of getting all the information out there now. So folks go there. They can read about every one of these projects, see what they look like, and, I, you know, I had some folks ask me, because you actually have a visual of the indoor practice facility. Is this kind of a mock-up of what it is actually going to look like, or is this just a rendering of what it could look like? Because a lot of folks were wondering, hey, is this even going to have walls in it? Is it glass uh, on the sides? I know there's a lot of garage doors it's going to have, you know.
3: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that, because John Gilbert has, has been on me about, you know, we're, we it's a rendering, but I mean that's kind of what we're looking to do. Those door, those are doors, so they will close like garage doors, and then they can you know will open. So a lot of times, like in the NFL, if they're if if you're the beloved uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or I'm trying to think, if you're playing Green Bay Packers and wherever you're at, and it's cold outside, you can still practice on the turf, but roll up the doors um to make you know so you feel the elements now it will be a climate controlled facility but yeah those are garage doors we're going to get that website will continuously be updated as we get uh new renderings uh you'll start to see especially on the weight room we're going to start putting uh some different things in there and then as we get going with like baseball in the team's room so that website is not just a stale website that's going to stay like that for three years you're going to see new renderings um, but I think what's most impressive about the indoor is, you know, you drive down Charles Boulevard, that thing's going to be a monstrosity. Um, I mean, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make this, you know, athletics footprint pop. I and mean, we're talking about 101,000 square feet. So, uh, you know, with scoreboards and clocks, we'll have, you know, LED lighting, um, sound systems. And one of the things that we'll try to do, too, is use that on game day. You know, it can be used for recruiting. Yeah. I know Coach Houston's decided about using it for camps. And when I talk about camps, you know, it's great that we have these kids coming in. But you're talking about parents, people coming in. And ECU, Coach Houston said something last night that really struck with me is, hey, uh, there's a lot of people might have a narrative about ECU, but but they, don't, they know we're coming, and we're coming for them. And they know that we're going to compete. We are committed to an athletic department that's going to compete. And I think that's important uh, because it's important to our community as well. I love the partnership we have with our community. I mean, right now we have, what is it, eight softball teams that are in town, eating at our restaurants, going to our hotels. Last week we had the lacrosse championships here, you know, hotels and restaurants. That's important to us to continue to bring events and have that partnership.
1: And, Ron, I think the cool thing about this, and we talked with Coach Houston about it, is this new indoor facility is going to be congruent with the existing practice field. So you've got the grass practice field, you have the turf field, which will remain, and then this will go right next to it. So they'll all be attached – And I think, too, sometimes, you know, Ron, folks, we forget how good we have it here. I go to other places, and you've been to other places, too, where all the facilities are spread out. You just mentioned Memphis. You know, they got to play in the Liberty Bowl, which is nowhere near their campus. Um, We are so fortunate here. We have the football facility, the baseball facility, the basketball facility all within literally 200 yards of each other. I, I mean, and all the sports facilities are all right there literally on campus. And to me, I think that is really what college sports is all about, not having to drive over there and over here. Everything is literally a, a campus facility.
3: And we hear that from our coaches, Troy, all the time, especially if, it's kind of interesting when you when new coaches come in, they love it. You know, that everything's right here um, – and and I think what's cool, I mean, I'm biased, but it's pretty cool to work in this athletic department because I've been in places like Tennessee where it is not like that. But, man, you can walk out your office door if you go outside and, you know, you're seeing all of our student athletes, you know, coming and going. we got our academic center here in Ward. There are so many great things about East Carolina. Uh, I, I can't – take me all day to talk about the opportunity that we have here, what we have, but most importantly – uh, the support. Um, Coach Schwartz said the other day he was leaving an event because we've had him kind of going all over on these armadas, and we had McCall's barbecue in um, Goldsboro. He he just simply said, "Man, Pirate Nation is strong." And I said, "No, you're you're you haven't even witnessed it yet." Um, so we're we're really excited about the future, the alignment, and uh, and kind of kind of moving forward. Really excited about the baseball game tonight. What is it? Seven in a row. Um, so we're, we've got a lot of good things going on over here.
1: Ryan, thanks for your time, man. Great catching up as always. Congratulations on the uh, kickoff of this Pirates Unite campaign. We'll be talking about it a lot, but uh, definitely wanted to get you on today as it's now uh, officially public information. So appreciate all the uh, info you have provided, insight, and keep up the good work.
3: Hey, I appreciate it. clip. if you want to sit down to kind of discuss the naming rights opportunity, you and I, we could definitely have lunch at Chico's and make that happen. All
2: right, I'm definitely in for lunch, and we'll discuss the other stuff. <laughs>
3: Ryan,
1: after I, I was thinking the Dreyfus Dome had a good ring to it.
3: That, hey, I, I could see that, but I, I think Clip is has is, is set himself up for that conversation. All right, well, you've
2: already got the Dreyfus Dome on <laughs> yeah, top of those shoulders. <laughs> yeah, so it costs me a head. lot less, too. Ryan, are you still a Jaguars <laughs> guy?
3: You know... You know, uh, Clip, I've kind of soured a little bit. So my best friend is now—he was the Jaguars coach, and trust me, we didn't do very well when I was there, uh, Gus Bradley. So I kind of now just follow him. You know, he's okay. at the Raiders, and now he's at the Colts. So I've kind of right. followed him. Now I love, you know, watching the Redskins and Bears, and then hear about y'all's pain on Monday mornings.
2: <laughs> well, I was gonna say we got the Jags week one, so hopefully uh, Washington can win that. Week. Lee D had me all depressed yesterday
3: talking about the Bears. We haven't even
1: started yet. It's still four months away.
2: I,
3: I love the NFL, I'm not gonna lie. It's I my buddies I play golf with, I don't play a lot. I don't play at all really from September to December. And they're like, Why on Sundays? And I say, Because I'm I'm tuned into the NFL. So y'all have a great weekend and we'll definitely talk soon.
1: All right, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Ron Robinson
2: with East Athletics. Mike Houston joining Troy D&I inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coach,
1: welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing good. Good to see you again, Coach. Uh, fired up September 3rd, 2022. Dowdy Ficklin Stadium Open up the season against NC State. No, you got to be fired up about that. Could be a yeah. top 10 team coming into Greenville. Yeah,
0: I mean, they're they're talking about the college football playoff. Uh, we're talking about the highest preseason ranking in school history. Uh, you know, they, they have high expectations there, so it should be a great matchup. Be good to have fifty-one thousand, uh, you know, enthusiastic pirates there to
1: greet them. That'd be awesome. I always ask you this: What are your expectations going into the season? Well, right now to beat NC State, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it. So uh,
0: now we're excited.
2: This one's going to be a lot different than your first and last meeting at oh, NC State. Yeah. Uh Jeez. And I was talking to I've tried to forget that one. Yeah, I was talking to NC State's Igo Corey Smith, who right. works for uh, Pack Pride, and he said both teams. Are going to look a lot different. And and this is the strongest each team has been in a battle in a long time in this series where you have built up your roster. And as you said, Dave Doran's got it going too.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've they've done a good job over there. And he's, you know, how long long has he been there now? 10 years or so? It's It's been been there a while.
1: Yeah, he's one of the longest. I mean, you're
0: in year, what, four now? Getting ready to start year four. Yeah. I mean, time flies. It does. It's been a. Been a rough ride there for a the couple <laughs> was, of years.
1: I was uh you know, I get on social media and these memories pop up and yeah. it was like one of your first I was like, Man, has it been like three, four years yeah. already? So I mean, that was like two studios ago we've yeah. remodeled. So well, I just remember you had the uh your little your kickoff deal down there uh, at the, the Hill? first year, yeah. Oh yeah, I meant to tell you that is back by the it's way. It's back for okay. September first, Thursday night. We're moving it All to right. the State Theater, the Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party, presented by Bud Light, and we'd love to have you start the kick off the no, th- Thursday us. night we can make that work alright that's it. that sounds like hey another guest appearance yeah. by coach Mike Houston <laughs> no it was great we had a lot of fun no, it was with good and I know so your, your wife was able to attend yep. some friends and stuff it was a great time I was going to actually have for men to tell you that ahead of time that we're bringing that back so we, that's good we're Always that's a good, a good deal you know
0: it, 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 I mean I, we joke around and kid around but it is I mean it's there's a lot of excitement about the program again you know we've got a, a veteran roster now a lot of returning players uh, we're going to be a good football team. Now, we've got a tough schedule. I mean, that's that's a tough that's a tough opener, but it's going to be a great matchup. And, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna have a, a good squad they're going to bring in here. So it should just be a real exciting way to start the season.
1: We ran an audio cut of you online promoting that you'd be on today, and it was from a few years ago. It was probably from your first season. Right. And uh, talking about, we're going to turn this thing around, and it's going to happen. And when it does, you know, look out, and the stadium's going to be rocking. Um, really kind of now, three, four years later, you've kind of delivered on what you promised. I mean, this thing is turning around. People can sense it. They've seen the, you know, success on the field. And I know right. you're not there yet. You're not where hey, okay, we're we're done. The job's never done no, no, no. as you know, uh-huh. but it's definitely light years from where what you inherited. Oh, there's um, there's no doubt. You've got to feel a lot better about where you are now mm-hmm. versus where you started as far as just the the whole condition of the program. Well, everybody forgot that I told I told everybody it's going to take a little while now. You, know, you did tell me three years. Yep. Well, I mean. But, <laughs> you said,
0: don't do anything.
1: And, give me right. three years no matter what. <laughs> well, the
0: re- and the reason why is you got to get in there and you got to build your roster. Uh, that, and that's it. And that's, you know, now we sit here, we have tremendous depth on the offensive line and defensive line. I mean, yeah, we shouldn't have that that first year. Right. Uh, we have experienced guys. We have guys that know the schemes. You know, we've got, you know, I, I think two of the best running backs, if not the best running backs in this league. Uh, you have an experienced veteran quarterback uh, who's a proven winner uh, you have an outstanding number two right there with him uh, you, you know you, your, your receivers we've been able to address that this spring so you've got a good group of uh, of weapons tight ends wide receivers you know defensively your, your your secondary is very experienced so you're sitting here all of a sudden that you know you're talking about you know, having a, a roster that's really in, in in very good shape for the foreseeable future, and so that's that's why you're so excited about the about the season, and the program.
1: Not only the guys that you've brought in, but now they know your system. You know, right. they know uh, the playbook, so to speak. They right. they understand what the culture's all about. I was about to say that's the big thing. They know.
0: I mean, they're going to. Sh- they're off for a couple of weeks right now. You know, we have a, a team meeting on May twenty second. We start workouts again May twenty third. The one thing I know on May twenty third is they're going to work hard. They're going to compete. You know, they understand. You know, all those culture things that we were trying to build that first year or so.
2: Mike Houston joining us, and, and you talked about the schedule a moment ago. Have you ever been a part of a schedule where you opened up four in a
0: row at home? No, I, I like it. Now you know we're probably going to destroy the economy at Atlantic <laughs> Beach uh, in the month of September because uh, you know every every weekend we got a home game. But uh, I like it. You know, no no bus rides, no travel. I know exactly where I'm going to be sleeping on Friday night. You know, each of those first four weekends.
1: For, I mean, for you guys, you got to play the games every weekend anyway. Yeah. Whether they're here or somewhere yes, else, it's you know, actually easier on it. the team. Oh, I think no it's going to be, in many ways, ironically, harder on the fans by yeah. having four back-to-back Well, Troy's already—I mean, I hope you're getting ready for four straight I mean, Well, had,
0: You had better be in shape when September
2: 3rd
1: I've begun here, my training. A month long. Um, it really starts Memorial Day weekend for me <laughs> when I get into uh, really game mode. But yeah, I mean it's it's a lot if you take it, you know, if you tailgate and you do everything and all the events and everything else around Pirate Football, the Free Boot Fridays, our kickoff yeah. party. I mean, when you just right. put it all together, not just a game, but everything around the game and leading up to the game, uh, it's it's especially in Greenville, it's going to be some busy weekends and yeah. uh, it's going to take a toll. What did I say, Clip? If I make it. To uh, October without this killing me I'll be very happy Huge accomplishment yeah. yeah. And you've got two stretches Where you
2: have back-to-back road games But at least you don't have Like three in a row Well,
0: you know? I, I really appreciate Whoever scheduled that uh, Late October trip to Provo, Utah <laughs> You know, they're, they're, they're going to be Top 25 also And uh, really a great football program And it's a You know, you get them stuck Right there between UCF and Cincinnati hmm. uh, It's going to be a tough stretch right there
1: Yeah, the uh, the schedule is not uh, It's not cupcake no, nope, it's not. Imagine, but like I said, any stretch
0: of the imagination, we've got a we, we, we got a good football team, so it's going to be exciting.
1: Let's talk about uh, a big event coming up this Thursday. We've been I've been banging the drum on this thing forever. It looks like I'm not saying it's a reality, but the reality that it is now going to um, go public and happen, right. and the fundraising for it, and the reality that it could become a reality. Is starting, and that is the indoor facility, not just for football, but really for this whole university and the right. department. Obviously, football I think needs to have priority in there, but uh, now going to be announced this week officially yeah. the fundraising campaign to kick off the brand new East Carolina Athletic Department indoor athletic facility. Yeah, we're we're excited. So we've you know we've got a lot of great
0: momentum already with some of our donors. Um, you know we just need we need everybody involved, uh, no matter how much you know they can be. Um, Because it's it's going to cost probably you know the neighborhood of twenty million is is what I feel. There are people that think it'll be less than that, but uh, I'm just not. uh, I think it's going to cost about that.
1: And, And this has to be done. I was talking with some ECU officials about this last week unlike other projects that uh, could use state money or you could finance. This project has to be raised privately, is my understanding, right. and also will need to be paid for before they even break ground. Well, so you've got yeah, you you to gotta 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 have, have the financing the, in place. Yeah, you got to have everything in
0: the, place, the commitments and all that stuff. So, so the, uh, the
1: ramp up to this is, is real. Like, the you yeah. can't be, hey, yeah, I'll donate, but here's my, I'm going to split it up for 10 years. It's something that, right. that you kind of need now, right? Right,
0: and, and, and that's why it has been a little slow to announce it uh you know the pirate club has been actively fundraising for it all year right and so that's why i say we've got a lot of commitments already We're, and, and really excited about
1: uh, the momentum we have for it now this is going next <clears throat> to the uh practice field as my right. understanding. yeah right right next to the
0: uh turf football
1: practice field right there so and that's currently like being used i think a lot by lacrosse well there's an
0: auxiliary turf field there right now they're going to move that field somewhere else okay uh and then you know the the practice facility will hook on to the rest of our
1: practice facility you know that way so you'll have an indoor facility you'll have your turf field and then you'll have your grass Grass fields fields.
0: and then you know they got the bay doors on the side so that you know if you have some of the pop-up thunderstorms you can kind of go in and out yeah you know doesn't disrupt practice Um, It'll be climate controlled.
1: I mean, it's it's going to be the real deal. How big is is that really the missing piece to this program? And and how important is it to have this facility built? Oh, it's huge. I mean, there's only two
0: FBS schools in the entire southeast region that don't have an indoor practice facility. And that's us and UNC Charlotte. I mean, everybody else is either building one right now. You know, Georgia Southern's building one. Coastal's building one. Liberty has a very nice one. Um, you know, all, all of course, all the ACC schools have one. So it's, uh, you know, we're a little bit behind without the facility. Yeah. Um, you know, once you get the facility, I feel really good about uh, everything we have. I mean, it's, you know, we have we have facilities to recruit tr- recruit to once you uh, get this indoor f- finished. I was gonna
2: ask, is it more about the practicality of it having it in Eastern North Carolina with all the storms, or is it more about recruiting and keeping it's both. up with it?
0: Yeah, it's both. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously the vital thing, you know, from my seat most of the time is that, you know, right now if we get a lightning storm in season, you know, you're trying to go inside in menji's if volleyball's not practicing, if basketball's not practicing um you know and of course those are their courts so they take priority uh if they're practicing you know you lose the practice because you know you you have to squeeze practice in between class schedules and other things so uh you know you're pretty locked into what window you have the the players so it's uh it's definitely a necessity from a a practice standpoint um you know other other reasons you know like during preseason camp you know we do walk-throughs in the evenings hot humid the kids have practiced been working out all day it would be nice to be able to take them in a little bit more of a controlled environment instead of having you know it's fine one or two days but you do it for 25 days i mean it takes a toll on your body as far as you know ramping up for your opening game so um you know a lot of that stuff and then the recruiting piece i mean it's you know people use this against us sure. we don't have a facility right now
1: and we were talking coach out there uh, nfl pro Day that that would have been a perfect day to have an indoor facility. It was kind of <coughs> no overcast, doubt. it was very cold, a little dreary, no doubt. and th- that would have been the time, okay, let's move this indoor, and not have to worry about the- Controlled environment correct, for the kids. And it's better for them too. Correct. For especially on a pro day situation right. like that. Um, Once again, talking to ECU head football coach Mike Houston as he joins us here in studio live on uh, Pirate Radio. Pirates kick off the season September 3rd here in Greenville against NC State. Coach Houston going into his fourth season now leading this Pirate program. Uh, We talked about improving the facilities. That's going to be some exciting news to come out later today. Uh, The arms race, though, never ends in college football. And now the new Wild Wild West, in my opinion, is what is referred to as the NIL, the name, yep. image, likeness, mm-hmm. which got approved about this time last year by yep. the NCAA, and I remember talking about this early on because we were one of the first people to do an NIL deal with, with uh, right. players, and I said this is going to become basically legalized, you know, what wh- pay to play basically, well, and it's it's really kind of, I said they're going to weaponize this right. for recruiting, <clears throat> and that's exactly. What has happened? You, you've seen right. schools now that have used this. This is their recruiting tool. You come here, we'll pay you right. X amount of dollars. It is really kind of—I don't want to say—gotten out of hand. but I guess it's oh, been it's good. Get, it's getting out of hand <laughs> quickly, but it's been great for the players that are benefiting from it. But not all players are. But it, it is the the whole in just a year. It has just gone crazy with this nil yeah. stuff. And how does schools like East Carolina compete when you see these big schools paying players? tens of thousands of dollars just to be on the roster yeah i mean it's
0: I, i i don't it's the at the top of the college football world it's gotten completely out of hand i mean i'm i am as we were talking before we came in here we have to find ways to better financially support the players uh more so than what we've been able to do and uh you know i've always been an advocate for that but, you know, this stuff where it's getting completely out of whack, I mean, I just, I wish someone with some common sense would have said, hey, let's find a way to help
1: all the players uh, equally. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. It should have um, written maybe like a cap on it, like the, yeah. like the cost of attendance has <clears throat> a cap on it. You right. You know, like, hey, I'm all for it too, uh, but help,
0: maybe... Help us increase cost of attendance. Do something like that. But it's... And there's no way they're putting the rabbit
1: back in the hat. I mean, it's yeah, it's out what, there now. That's so. what I was gonna say. Has the the horse has left the barn, yeah. so to speak.
0: Yeah. So it's the ship has sailed. You know, eventually, I think it'll end up being some kind of a semi pro model. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know how many years that's going to be. But I, it's just. It's nuts, but this
1: is another thing you have to compete against. It used to just be going up against uh, they they recruit against you with facilities or this or that or the region or it's not big at Greenville's not big enough or all the you know they try negative recruit against you. Now it's this this once again has been weaponized as a recruiting tool, right? Good or bad, I guess. Well, and you know we
0: have to find ways to support our players with this, Um, and that's you know I want our alums to get behind this, and and I. I nor anybody else has expectations of doing what some of these schools are doing, but if we can help our players with some NIL deals, everyone will benefit, Uh, you know, and it's, you know, businesses using them for advertisement, uh, you know, just whatever level donor being able to, you know, support some kind of collective or whatever. I mean, there's lots of ways to get involved, but, you know, schools that we recruit against are, are actively doing nil deals. Uh, we've got to get uh, you know get our stuff going.
2: I saw your line from the Igo article where you said you know guys are coming in asking you, hey, what what yep. nil deals you got lined up?
0: Yep, and uh, I, and, I and we and we're not using it in any way in recruiting or anything like that. Um, you, know, that's, you know, there's there are rules that are allegedly in place. Um, they've, they better start enforcing them, right? Because if they, if they don't start enforcing the rules, you're gonna have an even wilder Wild Wild West. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you can't use it as an enticement at
1: all. What do you think about the state of college football right now as you see it as a Division One head coach and you look at the future of college football? Where, where do you see things?
0: I'm concerned. I just, I think there's no leadership, you know. There's nobody that's, you know, a strong leader for everyone, uh, and that's I think it's concerning to everybody sitting in my chair.
1: How would you fix it if you were commissioner of college football? What would you do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't
0: know. You have to figure out some way to ha- have some kind of accountability and some kind of governance for everybody. You know, like I said, un- until somebody cracks down on one of these schools that are using this as a recruiting tool that are you know actively involved in it until somebody cracks down on somebody you know there's there's no accountability right now
1: why don't we take a break uh we got coach houston here with us we're going to continue to talk ecu pirate football
0: uh we
2: talked about it last week tom mcclellan who has been here a long time troy d uh, will be leaving his role at East Carolina, taking on a, a new opportunity out there, and uh, did a little walk down memory lane with Brian Bailey on the Brian Bailey Show earlier today at noon, and we heard from a couple of former Pirate football coaches, Ruffin McNeil and Skip Holt. So it was a really cool show. Yep. Uh, if you missed it, you can check it out at 6 o'clock. Coach Houston, you uh, were going to be a part of that, but you had a prior engagement, Yeah, right? I
0: had a speaking engagement today, so couldn't uh, participate, but I made sure Brian uh, let Tom know so excited for Tom in the next uh, next part of his uh, journey,
2: and he's uh, he's done an awesome job. Uh, been great to work with and uh, Skip Holtz on that show, undefeated in the USFL. Coach, have you watched any of the
1: pro league? I what have on? not. I have I not have either. Not. So. Troy D, it, uh, I've watched a little bit of it, and when I have, it seems like Skip's on actually. But uh, he said he has his falls available. That's right, and he's never been able to tailgate. So we're gonna invite Skip down to come see some pirate football from the other That'll perspective. Be good. And let them tailgate a little bit. And i tell you what, every time we do this clip and we have like the former players back that right. never get to the tailgate, they like fall, they're like, oh my God, I had no idea what we're missing. Right. This is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Ed Watkins can't wait to get back here again. My wife tells me it's pretty good. So. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't get to tailgate, yeah, no. you don't get to watch college It's kind of like, day. I guess, if you were a kid at Christmas, except you're Santa Claus, so you don't get to participate at all other than giving stuff away, but like... If you were on the other side of Christmas, like the kid that receiving the gifts, right. you don't ever get to receive the gifts. You just no, have to provide them. You know, we uh,
0: we obviously have a great tailgating scene yeah. um, for our games, so
1: that's that's why I say those first
0: four weekends. I tell you what, you better be in shape. now. I know, no kidding.
1: Or you'll crawl. You better, you'll crawl into October. You better have your mind, body, and <laughs> uh, soul right. There's no doubt it's going to be a long stretch. We right talked now. to you. Before, I've never done anything
2: like that yeah, before. Before every game, we talk to you on the pregame tailgate. You're going to sound a lot different September 3rd uh, compared to September 24th. We, yeah,
1: I'll tell you what. That's four. <laughs> that's four big ones, though. Cliff, you we've know. had back-to-back game home games before. I think right. one year we had three, I think we've had and it three. about killed me. Yeah. The year we had three, <laughs> four could, could it could be it, Coach. And if it is, I just want to say it was great knowing you. <laughs> I enjoyed working <laughs> with you and your program, and I wish you all the best. Um, all right, let's talk about. God, where do we want to go from here? Um, Let's go Green, Greenville Armada. Yes. Okay. Let's it's our because first that's Armada tomorrow. Yeah. So you've got uh, a new basketball <clears throat> coach that you're touring with. Yep. Uh, you're giving. You've got a speaking engagement here in Greenville. So folks that want to interact in person, I think it's twenty bucks. You get dinner. Included And it's uh, here in Greenville. probably need to go ahead and RSVP now yeah. if you haven't done so. Uh, how are the armada, Armadas going? What do fans want to hear well, tomorrow, about? Tomorrow's the first. Oh, it's the very first one. Tomorrow's the okay, first so it one. Okay, so kicks off. So what will you be talking about? And uh, have you met the new basketball coach and your thoughts on him? So um, Mike and I have texted back and forth a lot.
0: He's been you know, pretty busy and I've been pretty busy. We haven't met in person yet. So tomorrow will yeah. be the first time we meet in person. But, uh, got Mike and Mike on the right. Excited to have him on board. But, yeah, just state of the program. Uh, a lot of the same things we're talking about today. Uh, you know, just excitement about the season, the, you know, the, the opener against state, uh, you know, the, the, the home slate. You got seven home games next year. So just that kind of stuff.
1: Kenny wanted to know on our Facebook live feed. We talked about this before we went on the air coach and I was asking about, you know, what you get if you get any breaks this summer around July 4th. What do you have planned? He wanted to know, uh, if you do have any downtime during summer, what's your favorite place to go when you uh, get a chance to get away?
0: Uh, Isle of Palm, South Carolina—that's the go-to. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. That's uh, that's kind of our home base. So uh, that's where you know, when I get when I get done with this coaching gig, that's where you'll be able to find me.
1: That's where you're, that's where you'd like to retire to. Yes. All right. Yeah.
0: When are you retiring? Uh, not anytime soon okay just checking the 13 year old the 9 year old keep you and, working for a little while and, and my wife's affinity for uh, TJ Maxx I understand is going to keep me in, in try, trying to be gainfully employed at least she gets good while.
1: value at TJ Maxx it could yeah. be a lot worse coach nah she spends a lot of time in there <laughs> um all right well, who are some of the players we should look out for this year? You know, we got some great returning guys, but there's a lot of new guys that are on this roster, too. Let's let's talk about some of the new names that Pirate fans may not be familiar with that are going to be seeing action that you expect to see um, as playmakers this year the, for fans to keep an eye on and, hey, remember these names. Who would they be? Well, I
0: mean, I think a couple of the newest names are Isaiah Winstead, uh, transfer receiver from Toledo, Uh, and uh, Jarrett Garner, uh, transfer wide out from Duke. Uh, Jalen Johnson, you know, everybody kind of heard his name throughout spring practice, even though he was, uh, you know, a little nicked up through part of the spring. But, you know, those are our two newest Pirates. Uh, You know, both kids, you know, have great length. They're 6'3", 6'4". Uh, really good speed, experienced guys. You know they're going to come in and make an immediate impact. Playmakers. Once. Yeah, I mean that's we have some some young returning receivers. They're going to be great. You know, great guys to come in and be you know leaders, uh, experienced players. Uh, really, you know, help that room uh, play at the level we need it to.
1: All right, Where, uh, the, What about on the defensive side? <clears throat> um, well, I mean, we got most
0: of them back. You know, J Mac and. Uh, uh, a couple of the seniors that graduated, uh, you know, are gone. But uh, you know, just about everybody on that side of the ball, uh, you know, everybody knows them. You know, mm-hmm. Xavier and Miles inside uh, at the inside linebacker position. You know, Gerard and Jaira. Uh, you know, at the at that outside backer and a safety position. Um, you know, Juwan Powell in the secondary, Julius Wood in the secondary, uh, Malik Fleming at corner. Uh, DeMille Hickman had a great spring at corner. So, you know, a lot of those guys are known commodities. Our, our D-line, uh, you know, we played them all in 2020. And we talked about, you know, the, the difficulties of playing true freshmen. Well, not, now they got now they got a couple of years of experience under their belt. They're still young, right? but they're experienced. So excited about, uh, you know, we're going to rotate, you know, nine, ten players there on the defensive front.
2: Yeah. yeah, that was my question. How many do you feel comfortable with playing on the D line? A lot. You, you double digits, just about. A lot. That's yeah. great.
0: And, I mean, it's, and and the thing is, you know, that first year, I don't know if you remember, uh, you know, those guys were playing ninety-five snaps a game, and they just they can't go that long. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Alex. I mean, he he played ninety-plus snaps every week. Uh, you know, if if you can play them, you know. 50 snaps 45-50 mm-hmm. snaps keep them fresh they stay fresh they can play at a very high level uh, they're going to be much more productive uh, and so that's uh, that's really you, the key up front. You
1: talked earlier about having some depth on that O-line. Yeah. And, and that is so important, too, because oh, no they're kind it. of the unsung heroes. The more protection you have, and that's always been an Achilles heel, I feel, for us here at, at East Carolina, is just kind of trying to find those guys on, on the O-line and having depth there. It hasn't been something that's been easy to come no. by. But if you have it, boy, being able to give Holton that extra second or right. two makes all the difference, being able to open up those gaps for the running backs. Right. I mean, it, it really can make you or break you. So what's your expectation with those guys this year?
0: Well, this— by far the best offensive line we've had. Uh, I feel very good too deep, uh, you know, with guys that I feel like are, are starting caliber uh, linemen in this league. And, you know, we have some new faces, Justin Red and Ben Johnson coming in here uh, as uh, as transfers, and then they're going to compete for playing time immediately. But then you got all the guys that played last year. You know, Noah Henderson is an experienced veteran guy that's played at a very high level. Avery Jones, an experienced, uh, you know. Guy that's played at a very high level. Uh, Nashad Strother had a really, really strong spring. Uh, Isaiah Foot had a strong spring. Uh, you got Bailey and uh, a couple of the other guys coming off of uh, some surgeries in the off season. So you know we have a, a group where it's you know you're not just one deep.
1: Yeah, Uh, you mentioned earlier on defense trying to get those guys 50 to 60 snaps, keeping them fresh, rotating guys in. How do you manage that on the offensive side? Is it the same philosophy, or is it harder to do that? you know, you you play –
0: probably they they play a little bit higher uh, rep count on the offensive line. Uh, But, you know, certainly we're going to have tremendous tremendous competition. And, you know, the thing that's really gotten us the last couple of years has been injuries. And so at least now if you have an injury, you know, it doesn't just decimate, uh, you know, your front
2: ever Everett's a guy you brought in when you, you uh, recruited all those defensive linemen. He's made the switch to the offensive side, and yeah. we've seen some of those position switches work out for you. Uh, what's your philosophy on those? Is that usually coach-driven? Is it a player meeting with you? And then talk about the the position switches that we see each and every it, year.
0: It, it could be either, uh, and really, it's you know, and that's that's part of the you know trying to figure out how to get guys on the field. You know, and that's it. It's. How can how can guys get on the field and maximize you know their eligibility, maximize their potential, uh, and for Kazai, you know it was just it was purely a fact of he was not going to play defensively, and so he's made the switch to offensive line. He had a good spring this spring. He's learning how to snap right now. Um, you know he'll be a guy that will play for us in time. It may be another year. He may be you know a, a quality backup this year, and it may be another year before he plays a lot. Uh, but you know, certainly he's a, he's a very popular kid in the locker room. He's a, an important part of our team, and we want to find a way to you know to to get him on the field.
1: We, we talked earlier about you know Nil and how that's changing the face of college football I think the other big development over the past <clears throat> few years has just been how hot the transfer portal has become yep. and that's become a factor and I you know really honestly kind of it goes it's pro, good and bad in many right. ways you can you've been able to use it to your advantage in right. bringing new guys in and let's be honest sometimes a program a guy comes and may not be a right fit right. Uh, it just may not be perfect and, and they they can then use the transfer portal to have another opportunity somewhere right. else so, it, you know, it flows both ways. It's not right. all, you know, a lot of people want to just bash it, but it's not all bad, right? No. And it's, it's been
0: probably more of a positive than a negative for us. Um, and my only concern with kids when they do uh, enter the portal is just making sure they find somewhere to go. You know, because it's a black hole now. There's a lot of players that go in there that never play again. And uh, so we really, you know, we're in a lot of conversations with guys when they're, you know, looking to go somewhere where they have a chance to play more, you know, looking for, a, you know, a place where, you know, that's a little bit better fit, uh, you know, for, for their ability level. Uh, we really try to f- help them find somewhere where they'll have an opportunity to be on scholarship and a chance to play.
1: When you have guys that want to leave early to go to the NFL and, and, you know, we think the world of Tyler Snead yeah. and stuff, but and it, it, something could still happen with it. Yeah. But if it doesn't, you look back at that going, I ah, wish he had stayed here one more year, continue to develop, you know, and when will that be used? As far as other guys that want to go out early saying, hey, maybe the best thing is you finish your career here and then go on.
0: Well, what we try to do is, you know, we have a lot of contacts with the NFL. And so, you know, we'll do a draft evaluation where we, you know, we send a kid's name in the NFL, do a draft eval on them. You know, we did one for Holton last year. Uh, We've a lot of, you know, scouts. Uh, some people in uh, scouting departments in the in the front office. We'll use all those people to help educate players if they're thinking about making a decision. Um, I'll give them my opinion, but you know, really, we rely on the NFL to help us. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a, a, a great evaluation. And you know, if they if they choose not to listen to that, then that's that's when they're kind of on their own. Yeah. Um, You know, it's 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 honestly, it's played out about like I thought it would Mm -hmm. uh, with with J Mac and Tyler. And you know, I thought they both should have stayed, but that's my personal opinion. They've got to do what they think is best for their life, right? We all
1: do. We all make decisions for our life. Once they made that decision, I fully support it. This is a a kind of a related question to that. Should the speaking of the NCAA, and there's so much that's screwed up with the NCAA, but should they allow players that? Like them that say, okay, we're going to try and and go pro, but don't get picked up to be able to come back if they don't get signed and they don't go pro? I wish they would find a better way to
0: allow it. You know, because now once they sign with an agent, they're done. So as soon as
1: Tyler signed with an agent... But see, that's Even the funny thing combat. about this now, because all these players now through the NIL have advisors. They, have, they don't call them well, agents, but guess what? They turn no. into. So it's just a the back. The rules right. like it's becoming it's, archaic. I, I mean, I, listen, I know a lot of these guys. They, they have yeah. advisors now. Yep. When they're in school, the second they're out of school, that advisor becomes. Guess what? It had changed his title. Oh well, there's there's an agent now. Right. You know, so it really it, it really is kind of silly. A lot of these rules, I think, that the NCAA has. Like I said
0: earlier, we. We need we need some leadership. Yeah, Josh with a
2: question, and this is a popular one, Coach. Uh, but he's asking, do you envision using Keaton Mitchell and Raji Harris in the backfield at the same time this fall? Any any formations with those
0: guys, those playmakers on the field at the same time? We'd like to. Yeah, uh, we we did it a little bit last year. We'd like to do it more this year. I think with those two and with you know our tight end room, you know with with the quality depth we have there, I think you can get in a lot of different personnel groupings. With all of those guys uh, together, um, you know the big thing right now is you know we need a we need somebody to step up and be that third back. Uh, you know where we tried to you know really push Pop this spring uh, to try, try to bring him along. Uh, he's got to continue to improve because you know it's it, it, it we're very fortunate to have two quality running backs, but uh, you know the wear and tear on those two backs you know throughout the course of the season. Uh, we're going to have to have a third back, and
2: I credit the conditioning, the health of those two guys, and the way you use those backs that they were able to make it through the well, whole year with basically just them two playing.
0: They were they were beat up by the end of the year. I mean, it's they're both really really good players, and they both are. I mean, I love them. They're. You, I, I wish I could clone them. Saw Rajay
2: doing a camp yeah. uh, with kids yeah. mm-hmm. this weekend. Keaton's been out there. They, they seem like really, really. They're, good. There. They're
0: just quality human beings in yeah. addition to being, you know, outstanding players.
1: Got summer workouts coming up. Uh, how important is that to the what you got well, overall that's, program? That's the next piece now. What, what do you have in store? Is anything different this year versus yeah. like what y'all did last year? So.
0: One good rule change is that we're able to you know actually do more football stuff with them coaching staff wise this summer. So uh, you know we'll it'll be a combination in the month of June of you know lifting and running with uh, you know coach Coach Williams and his strength staff, uh, and a couple of hours a week uh, you know in the film room and on the field, uh, basically kind of practicing. Um, you know, so we'll do install throughout the month of June, uh, then July. It is all you know, Coach Big John and his staff.
1: What's your favorite time of year to actually coach? Just straight up coaching, not recruiting, not the job. Is is it coaching spring ball? Is it coaching in the summer? Is it coaching in season? When do you really enjoy the most? Uh, you like all of it. I mean, that's there's nothing like the fall, though.
0: I mean, you're preparing for games and you know putting the game plans together and coaching the kids and then seeing them, you know, seeing them perform on game day. You know, certainly that's the highlight, but uh, but you love all of it. You know, I love spring practice. The, the players don't love it as much as as, as the coaches do, but uh, you know, it's 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 always enjoyable anytime you're out there.
1: How, if you have had plenty of time to evaluate the tape on spring, and I don't want to get into you know who won the spring game. And it, was a tie, I <laughs> it did it perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you probably would yeah. prefer it that way. How, but how much progress do you think was made this spring? Oh, a ton. I mean, it's we actually
0: look like a football team. I mean, it's you look at first year, I was just trying to get him to hit somebody, you know, it's, we were, we were slow and non-physical. So, uh, we look like a football team this spring.
1: Holt Naylor's obviously going to get a lot of the attention. Right. Uh, he's coming in for his final season. This is his swan song. He's a local kid. We all know his story very well. Yep. Uh, a fan favorite, if you will, and and a chance for him to really elevate his reputation, his game Mm -hmm. as he hopes to make it to the next level. This year is very important for him. Uh, after the and, and knock on wood, let's hope everything stays healthy as an incredible year right. that, that we all envision. Um, next season, the torch will be passed, yeah. to someone else. Uh, obviously, things can change, and you know, we'll see who's competing at the time. But it seems like Garcia is obviously the leader in the clubhouse, there's no like doubt. To say how many years I just want to clarify because I talked with Donnie Kirkpatrick about this. I want to clarify how many years he has after this season to play because Donnie made it sound like he's got three years left. He's got three. He's got three years, um, you know, so if so if he redshirts this fall,
0: then he'll have three years after that. So, uh, so if he plays in more than four games this fall, then he'll have two years after that.
1: I know this is kind of a what if, but if everything's going great with Holton and he gets a little bit of experience, would you rather not let him go past that four-game mark so you can redshirt him and get an extra year so he could have three years remaining? Uh, there's pluses and minuses
0: to both. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you if if he's the starter here for two years and plays at the ability level that I think he's got a chance to play at, uh, he's going to be he's going to be in the NFL. So I don't, who knows? But I, we're going to do what's best for Mason. We're going to do what's best for our football program. Um, you know, he and I are going to sit down and talk about that some this summer because he's really torn too. I mean, he part of him says, you know, I really want to play. Uh, and you can play both of them. Uh, and part of him says, you know, I really want to try a red shirt. So I really want to just give him some time to talk through this. This He summer. sees the value in each, too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And there is value in each. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could play him in some different situations all throughout the season. And he's going to gain a ton of experience. Right. And there's lots of pluses for that. Right. You know, because his first game is going to be at Michigan in the big house. Yeah, I didn't I think mean, about that. What a wild uh, coming yeah. out party! So uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's he better be ready to go. Yeah, uh, but and he is he's improved so much. He had a great spring, uh, and really his class that was you know that was the the first you know big recruiting class that we had because uh, we you know we had a full year to recruit him, uh, and that that group is extremely talented.
2: Coach uh, at five twenty one uh, nca dot org put out. Uh, the D one board of directors has issued name, image, and likeness guidance to
0: schools. Yeah. So wow,
2: they must okay. have been
1: listening to our show, Coach. Well, I,
0: I can't wait <laughs> until they actually enforce yes, the guidance. Okay. Because yeah. What good is it to have rules if you don't have no any guidance. enforcement? Correct. There has to be accountability.
2: I have yet to read uh, through this yet. What but the guidance is. There right. will be violations, and it talks about violations occurring prior to May 9th and how they're going right. to handle those. So, okay. once again, there so, are rules,
0: but. All right. So, the first time that they try to enforce something and whoever it is they try to enforce it with turns around and sues them. You're going to find out how much backbone they have.
2: Well, the old joke, Troy, wasn't it? If North Carolina got in trouble, expect East Carolina to get penalized with something. so, well, and so they, are they, they going to really do anything yeah. to the big? Well, boys they used like to
1: that. say if something happened to North Carolina's basketball team, look out for women's soccer It's really going to get hammered <laughs> yeah, right. over there. But uh, coach, it's a lot like you. I agree with you. If it's like having a speed limit, right? Speed limit can be 65. If no, if it's never enforced, right. is there a speed limit? Right. Uh, if they don't just, ever write a ticket, never enforce the rule. I hope they do,
0: but. Uh, We'll see.
2: Before we get to non-football questions, uh, one coach, real quick: Do we have a CJ Johnson update? Is he on the
0: roster? He, oh, he's still on the roster. He's been on the roster. Is
1: he he's still What's well, Is he, he playing in the fall? We'll see. I hope so. I really do. So There's still a chance. Is what absolutely what are saying.
0: No, no, no. Absolutely. It's, it's CJ's. We've we've we meet regularly. He's working his way back.
1: All right, there you go. When will you know, like, okay, he's done what he needs to do? Like, is there a a, a drop-dead date like you need to decide by?
0: Well, we're going to give him every opportunity to, uh, to be with us this fall. So fair enough
2: all right yep on to uh some quick non-football qu- we've been doing this coach we talked to the uh baseball players every yeah. uh monday <clears throat> and we decided after about 50 games that hey let's mix in some other questions other than baseball so we got some kind of off the wall stuff actually here. some of my favorite questions all right so uh troy you have not answer i have this not said so no. i'll ask both of you gentlemen we'll start with this one would you rather fight one gorilla sized chicken or 10 chicken sized gorillas
1: this one stumped me, Clip. When you first you put asked a lot of thought it. into this, I, but I thought about it and I firmly have a strong decision now. I don't want to take on a gorilla-sized chicken because yeah. it would just kick your ass. I'm going to take my chances on the ten little gorillas. <laughs> All right, Coach, you agree with that? <laughs> yes, yeah. because I feel I feel I could kick them. Like I've got strong legs and I feel like I could use my legs to the advantage. Well, it's a bunch of beaks now. No, no, no.
2: ten chicken-sized gorillas. Okay. So there are little, oh, so they're little mini gorillas the size got of you. a chicken.
0: So they don't have.
1: So beaks. you got one
0: big beak. <laughs> yeah, correct. That could impale
2: you. Or probably. a bunch
1: right. of little gorillas. Correct. 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 I do the little gorillas. Yeah, I, go, I go with little gorillas. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I could kick them. Kick them like, a little poo. Yes, right. <laughs> I just go crazy <laughs> and kicking. All right, that's my method. I mean, you do
2: your own, coach. Uh, if you were to give up coaching and join the WWE, what would be your signature move? Uh, the, the elbow drop off the top rope. All right, Macho Man style. Yeah. All right. So Troy is D. this?
1: Do you come up with your own or an you existing could, one? Uh,
2: but it's hard to make up a new move yeah so it be uh,
1: uh i'd probably just do the stunner all right the Detroit troy D stunner. Or
0: you could do the with well, the choke slam
1: yeah you know the undertakers yeah that's there
0: available
2: all right coach uh 3 a.m what's your favorite late night munchie
1: <laughs> obviously wings over <laughs> green good munchie. answer uh, yeah <laughs> what do you got troy D? bud i'm going alfredo's pizza Okay. And I know Alfredo is not out there anymore, so we'll just do pizza. But hot pizza by the slice, New York style, would be my late night go-to. All right. Most of the players, I think, go for cookout. Okay. Cookout could be good, Which too. Which leads us into the next
2: question. Oh, what a
0: segue. Favorite cookout milkshake. Ooh, peanut butter with Reese's Cups blended in. All right. Life-changing. But not peanut butter cups. P- peanut, peanut, but-
2: butter.
1: Yeah. peanut butter. So milk peanut shake. butter milk Peanut shake. butter milkshake.
2: Peanut butter milkshake. With peanut butter. do it like Reese- that? Yes. At, mil- at uh, cookout? T-
1: life-changing so a peanut butter milkshake with reese's peanut butter cups blended in double wow i'm gonna try that next time ask for the mike houston yeah wow um i'll go like before i went peanut butter cups like with it or butterfinger right you know but i am i'm gonna try your so all right ask for it tell me how to order
0: exactly okay i want a peanut butter milkshake okay with reese's peanut butter cups blended in
1: huh did not even know that was available yeah all right, this, this one has yeah, I'm been... Gonna, I'm getting the Mike Houston special. This one's been after the show. Uh, controversial today. <laughs>
2: a country boy like C.J. Mayhew and myself went one way with this. Everybody else went another way. This is way. easy. Is a banana sandwich made with mayo or peanut butter? Mayo. First of all,
1: mayo's disgusting. And we had this discussion during the mayo bowl. It's really gross. And anything. Uh, but a peanut butter banana sandwich is fantastic. But you're missing one element to it. The honey. A peanut butter honey banana sandwich is excellent coach where are you from originally uh, i'm from the mountains of western north carolina
2: okay cj's from western north right. carolina he likes the mayo i'm from here right. and i mayo and, mayo and banana way. makes yeah. me want to throw
0: the, the, up the, the other mean, one sounds kind of like a city guy you know well i'm from the city there you go fair enough he's a city
2: slicker i am
1: <laughs> born in chicago raised in raleigh <laughs> never
2: seen grass yeah. until he was 15 years country old.
1: boy by choice now
2: yeah uh okay coach this was for baseball players i have to mix it up what coach or player snores
0: the loudest on bus or plane rides you got any snores roy Tesh. Hmm. all right uh, whoever gets him as a roommate on the road you're not sleeping
1: <laughs> clip i have no uh if we were to do a, which one radio? of your sons uh, <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say clip brock would be my guess if we did a pirate radio road probably trip. probably not wrong there yeah
0: <laughs>
2: yeah uh does pineapple belong on a pizza yes
0: sure yeah
2: absolutely I've gotten to it many times yep all right great one here rank these buffets so there's four to choose from you got Chinese breakfast pizza and then like your golden corral how would you rank those four Chinese Chinese
1: one yeah all right
2: (sighs) Freud D what's on the top of your list I'm gonna have
1: to go breakfast or pizza one Uh, probably (sighs) I'd probably go pizza buffet first all right Coach, what's last on your list there?
0: Probably like the uh, Ryan's kind of...
1: Okay. Old, yeah. Okay. I love the Golden Corral people. I'm friends with the founders. They're great supporters of ECU. Notice, Coach Houston did not say anything. He said Ryan's. No, 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 right. That's I, old school right there. I would, I would put Ryan's <laughs> also. <laughs> just because I don't eat like that anymore. Neither do you, Coach. Right. I just can't eat that much. Chinese would be a close second for me.
2: Alright, let me pull one from a previous week. Coach... Uh, what are you afraid of spiders in the dark i don't know spiders yeah okay any critters yeah troy did we got your answer to that right yeah
1: what did i say i don't remember (laughs) i do remember answering it i forget what it was though i think it wasn't even an animal i think i feel like it was something else. oh lightning being struck by lightning perhaps maybe i don't know i am afraid of lightning okay no, like I seriously, that's like why you, that's why you need an indoor practice. facility. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I, I've like when the bolt like comes down, yeah. like I freak out. Like if I'm out in in the conditions, like I'll well, run if, inside. It, if it like. hits you, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't. Feel like Although people have survived. Lightning have, strikes. Coach. have. I've, I've actually got a buddy that did. Yeah. No, wow. they've got one eye that probably looks the wrong way, but they have survived.
0: <laughs> well, hey, the, when, uh, when are we, we going to talk about the commanders? Right now, what, what would you like to know? I don't,
2: are they are they going to field a competitive team this year? I think so. I think they will. Um, so they're not going zero seventeen. Swept the Cowboys two years ago. Got swept last year. I think they can split this year. Split what? Between, with the Cowboys? No, there's no chance. There's a great chance. Okay, who's your quarterback going to be? Carson Wentz.
0: Okay. Uh, how's, how's his you know last couple of years been? Well, it's uh, been all right. He's uh, he's who been who okay. is going to catch more passes from Carson Wentz? His receivers
2: <laughs> or NFC East DBs? Terry McLaurin will have a fine. Season you love sticking it to receiver. the Commander fans, don't you? Look,
0: they got to come up with a better name than that. That's terrible. They're always going to be the Redskins. I know. Always. And the Commanders
2: is bad. If they win, it'll be okay. I,
0: if they lose, hail to the Commanders. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say, Coach. They got to write some songs. H T T C. You know. Let's. Have, when are y'all, y'all going to win something? Well, we
2: won the division last year. Okay. Well, we won it two years ago. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. This is our year. This is this is the year. Yeah, Dak.
1: This is you, the year. Yeah, okay, so, uh, coach. CD, you're starting to sound like Brian Bailey. <laughs> he is Brian. Bailey. I mean, you're getting delusional this now. This is the this year. is <laughs> <laughs> all you cowboy fans. The same. I did have a question about that though. When
2: you watch Dallas, or even you just watch another football game, are you? How do you watch it? Do you be like, "Oh, what are you doing? That's a terrible call." No, I just I, I completely just
1: watch it. Just watch it. Yeah. Just to you know, I really and I really enjoy it too. Now, do you have teams that you watch because you dislike them and you'd like to see them lose? No, like,
0: I'll tell you. To be honest, I might, I might have seen one Dallas game last year. I mean, because Sundays we're breaking it's up. the opponents, yeah. so, so we never see. Yeah. I never see really other college football games, and we never really
1: see um, pro games. I, I find myself watching sports <clears throat> for teams I like, right. obviously, and then I'll watch for teams I don't like. So, like, if that ECU's was. playing, obviously, when I'm watching ECU game, but then I'll, I'll watch, like, okay, if State's playing, or Carolina, I'll pull for the team playing them. Right. You know, and then, then the NFL, too. It's like, I and I don't even really dislike the Cowboys. I just love giving Brian Bailey a hard oh, time. Oh, yeah, that's, that's wow. So it's more, it's just... It's yeah. more about the comedy. Yeah. Getting him nah. riled up. But nothing. He I nothing wish I had personal. more
2: I could say in defense of my team,
1: but. God, are we out of time already? We're out of time. This hour now. has flown by, Clip Rock. It has. We've got a lot done on this show today. Go Pirates. <laughs> That's how we end it, right? Yes, Absolutely. sir.
3: All right. Armada. we see you guys again. Armada. Armada
0: tomorrow. Right. Then we're headed to Nags Head on uh, Wednesday for the one up there. Um, so, people can go online. Yeah, you can, can see go online. You can go online. And, and RSVP. Yeah. I think 4 uh, Gates open.
1: Are you going to all of them? Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, like I've used to do, headlining gotta, them I gotta, all. I get a busy It's like three your three tour. It's the Mike Houston football (laughs) tour. Play the hits. And that was another
0: great episode of the Pirate Radio podcast with ECU head football coach Mike Houston and Ryan Robinson from the ECU Athletic Department. We'll be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple store. You can also visit our website at pr927fm.com and follow us on social media at pr927fm to keep up with the latest news and information. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.